You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. On this edition, we're going to be unpacking Mikel Arteta's pre-Newcastle United press conference because he's made some very, very interesting comments. Some comments that have sent the fan base uh, into, I don't want to say meltdown because it hasn't been that serious, but obviously the, these comments that Mikel has made on a, a variety of things, Granit Xhaka, uh, the game against Newcastle, Arsene Wenger, Alexander Lacazette and various other bits and pieces have caused quite a stir and have caused quite a bit of discussion online. So on this edition of the show, we are going to be running through what exactly Mikel had to say in the press conference, and I'll be sharing my views and my thoughts uh, on the topics discussed. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already and you'd like to enter our giveaway where we will be giving two lucky listeners, stroke viewers, uh, depending on what you are, an Arsenal shirt of your choice, of course, from this season. So that's the home, the away or the third shirt. We're going to be giving away two shirts uh, to are two lucky winners. Uh, it's going to be a random draw, but to enter, there are a few steps that you have to take. And this is all in celebration of the Chronicles of Aguna's third birthday, which is coming up in January. So what you need to do is head over to Twitter, find us at Chronicles underscore AFC, check out our pinned tweet, retweet it, comment done in the comments when you've done that. But also you have to make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. That's the only way you can enter. Had a few people reaching out asking me how they can enter if they don't have Twitter. Well, then you need to be subscribed to the YouTube channel and you need to email us. Chroniclesafc at gmail.com is the address that you need to hit up and we will enter you in the draw that will be made on Friday the 3rd of December. I think it's the 3rd. Is it? Yeah. Friday, the 3rd of December. There you go. Uh, and we will be, as I say, giving two shirts away to two lucky winners. We'll be contacting the winners. We'll be getting your size and your preference. Uh, so you can choose, as I say, from the home, away or third kit. And we'll be sending those out to you ASAP. You should get them in time for Christmas. Right. Uh, let's dig in then to Mikel Arteta's press conference, because as I say, he has caused quite the stir today. And I, I guess the biggest talking point from it is his comments with regards to Arsene Wenger. So I want to start here. Look, I'm not going to siphon through the press conference word for word because many of you will have seen it. Many of you will have heard it. A lot of you would have seen the clips on social media or would have read the transcript yourselves. But this bit for me is the bit that's causing a lot of debate, a lot of discussion uh, on the Arsenal Twitter sphere today. And so I felt uh, this is probably the best place to start. He was asked whether there has been a formal offer made to Arsene Wenger over a potential return to the club. So I'm going to share with you exactly what Mikel had to say, and then I'm going to share my thoughts on this. He said, well, there has been communication, and I saw him and talked to him when we went to see the film. That's the Arsene Wenger Invincible film. He said it was incredibly pleasant to see him and chat to him. And hopefully we can bring him close because I think he will have a great time just seeing the environment that he can create around him and around this place. 
because of the respect and admiration that everybody at the club has for what he's done and as well for what he represents as a person in this club. He was asked what the role would be, what the role would entail. What exactly is it that Mikel Arteta is wanting Arsene Wenger to come back to Arsenal and do? And this is what the Spaniard replied. I cannot tell you now, but what I can say is that I would like him to be much closer personally to me because I think it would be a great help and it would be a great help for the club. Things take time and I think he has to dictate those timings. What I can say is from my side and I can talk, I think, on behalf of everybody that we would be delighted to have him much closer. So what have I taken away from this? What have I made of Mikel Arteta's comments with regards to a potential return to the club for Arsene Wenger? First of all, I don't think that what Mikel Arteta has said today means categorically that Arsenal are trying to bring Arsene Wenger back in an official capacity. OK, there was a conversation that took place at the premiere of the Arsene Wenger Invincible film. I didn't hear the conversation. I wasn't in the conversation, but you could see there was quite a extended dialogue going on uh, between Arteta, Edu, Vinay was was in the vicinity as well. And of course, Arsene Wenger. Now, I'm not saying that I know what was discussed. I was at the premiere. I was there. I could see them conversating. And I think I said on the podcast the day after I'd been to the premiere that it felt to me like what we were seeing was the current Arsenal hierarchy extending an olive branch to Arsene Wenger and almost willing him to come back to the club in the sense of a fan. Coming back, you know, they wanted him to come back to the club to watch games, to be in and around the place, to be a contributor to the environment. But there's nowhere here, not in these comments, not in what I took away from the Premier, that suggested, A, Arsene Wenger wants to come back in an official capacity. I get the impression that he's very passionate and very happy with the role he's got at FIFA at the moment. But also, there's no guarantee that the club wants to give him an official role either. Mikel Arteta saying, I want to bring him close, could mean anything. Does he want him to pop into London Coney sometimes? You know, we've seen David Seaman at London Coney in recent weeks, helping train the goalkeepers, helping to pass on his knowledge and experience. And I think there's a real drive within the club at the moment to try and keep our legends alive and keep the roots alive and hope that that translates into, you know, translates to the younger players as what exactly this football club is all about. And almost be like a celebration of our great history and hope that we can tap into that to kind of inspire the current crop and those coming through in the future. I think that's what Arsenal are trying to do. Look, David Seaman was back at London Coney doing some work. Doesn't mean he's been handed an official role. He's come in for a period of time to bring something to the table. You know, we've seen Robert Pires be around the club over recent years, you know, training with the team, um, coaching. We've seen Jack Wilshire. Uh, come back to London Coney recently. He is training with the team and, and Mikel spoke a little bit about him as well. And we'll come on to that in a moment. But the point I'm trying to make is having someone around doesn't mean that you have to give them a seat on the board. I think what I took away from the Q&A at the Arsene Wenger film premiere was, and, and I think his exact words were, I have no reason to come back. I've never felt like I have a reason to turn up to Emirates Stadium now that I'm not the manager. And to me, what that said was Arsene Wenger feels unloved, unwanted, feels as though maybe the way he was treated towards the back end of his tenure was unacceptable, unfair. 
And as a consequence, he's decided to stay away. And look, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think time is a great healer, right? And what it does is it makes feelings, it doesn't make feelings go away, but it makes them soften. And I think that, um, you know, I think that what you're seeing with somebody like Arsene Wenger is that distance was the only way he could move on. And I think for Arsenal, it's been good that he's kept the distance as well. I mean, a lot of people talk about Sir Alex Ferguson at, um, you know, at Manchester United and the role that he plays behind the scenes and this prominent role that he apparently played in the transfer of, of Cristiano Ronaldo back to Old Trafford. For me, sitting over the shoulder of a manager who isn't ever going to be at your level is kind of like sitting there like the Grim Reaper, like just watching, waiting for the axe to come down and essentially behead the manager because he's never going to reach your standards. And what really irritates me about the United situation, I shouldn't care about this because I'm an Arsenal fan, but whenever, for example, Oli was struggling and, and Manchester United were in a spot of bother, the camera would pan to Sir Alex Ferguson. There's this desire to know, I wonder what Alex Ferguson's thinking of this. I wonder what Alex Ferguson would say. I wonder what Alex Ferguson would do. And I think that adds an extra layer of pressure on the manager. And I think Arsene's been, been, uh, I don't know how to put this. I think Arsene's done the right thing in staying away. I think that's the way it should be done. Um, if he comes back from time to time to watch a game, I don't think that's a problem. You know, I'd actually quite like to see him at the Emirates Stadium every now and again. And I'd like him to come and get the reception that he deserves. And now that the dust has settled a little bit, I think a lot of Arsenal fans that were angry with him and uh, sort of hostile to him, towards the end of his tenure, will realise that, you know, maybe they crossed the line a little bit. And I think the atmosphere and the the reception that Arsene would get now if he did come back would be very, very different. On the fence, though, about giving him an official role, I have to say, because for me, you know, there's all those factors I've just talked about. Does it cast a shadow over Mikel Arteta and put him into an even more pressured situation. And we know that he's always only one or two defeats away from everybody turning on him. So does it help in that sense? Probably not. Would it help Mikel to have somebody with the vast experience that Arsene does, somebody who's been through incredible highs, but also incredible lows in his corner? Um, I think he could benefit from that, but that doesn't necessarily need to be done in an official capacity. That doesn't mean that Arsene Wenger needs to be on the board. That doesn't mean Arsene Wenger has to be given a title. All you need to do is extend that olive branch, open the doors, make him feel welcome again at the club, allow him to come and go as he pleases because we know he's got other things going on. We know he's, as I say, heavily involved with FIFA. But when you need it, when you feel like it's the right thing to do, having that knowledge to tap into cannot be a bad thing. It really cannot. You know, it, th there are more things to gain from somebody like Arsene Wenger being in your corner then there are things to lose. And, and I just think that we need to not get caught up in the specifics of this and we need to not get caught up in, you know, how much of an impact this will have because ultimately we don't really know what has been discussed. We don't really know if Arsene Wenger's interested, firstly. We don't know if he's been asked to come in in an unofficial capacity or to be involved in an unofficial capacity. We don't know if he's been asked the opposite, which would be to come in with a proper role. We just don't know. 
All we've heard is that a conversation has taken place between Mikel Arteta and Arsene Wenger. It takes two to tango. In this case, more than two because you need agreement from some of the other uh, people in the club's hierarchy. But I just think for me, for years and years and years as as Arsenal fans, one of the things we've bemoaned and complained about is no, is not having a presence of our legends and people that understand what it means to represent this great club. People that have won things with this great club who can then pass down their knowledge and experience and wisdom to those younger players and those who have maybe just arrived and are not really understanding the weight of the Arsenal shirt. I think for years we've moaned about that and a lot of people criticised Arsene Wenger during his tenure for keeping these so-called club legends, if you like, at arm's length and at a distance. Yet now the club are trying to do something different, which is involve the legends, keep them in the loop. I think what keeping them in the loop does, if they, if you can get them to buy into your project, I think it gives us favourable media coverage because a lot of them are prominent in the media. And don't be... Um, naive to how much of an impact that can have on the narrative around the football team and around the football club. You know, for me, if you have those people buying in and then spreading your message, you know, on TV, on the radio, on various other kind of media platforms, what you're doing, and, and I know people hate this word, but you're ultimately putting out positive propaganda around your football club all the time. That makes you a, a more attractive football club um, for players to want to join. That makes you a more attractive football club when it comes to sponsorships. F- having favourable media only does you good. And I think that although they're dressing it up as solely being about getting these legends in to kind of pass their wisdom on, a lot of it is about is about being seen to be doing the right things as a football club. And we talk about club legends. I don't care if people hate him. I don't care if people think he he is responsible for where we are now or has been responsible for the decline in recent seasons. There are no bigger legends in the Arsenal world than Arsene Wenger. He is the the pinnacle. So why not have him around? Why not have him, um, you know, as someone that you can lean on and, and at least, at the very, very least, make him feel as though he is welcome back at the club in some shape or form? Not an official role. I'm still on the fence about that because, it, for me, I can't say yes, I want him in an official role or no, I don't want him in an official role because I don't know what that role is going to be. I don't know what that role is going to entail. Arsene Wenger being someone who can advise but not doesn't ultimately have the, the keys to the car could be a very useful tool. But Arsene Wenger controlling things, as we saw towards the end of his tenure, nowadays isn't quite what we need and isn't fit for purpose. So I think the question of do I want him to come back in an official capacity or not is totally dependent on what that role entails and what that role looks like. So I think it's impossible to to comment exactly one way or the other uh, on that. Uh, let's say a few hellos to some of you in the chat box. Uh, big hello to uh, the clucking bell, Vishal, Abdi, um, Femi, Damien, uh, Omar, Arsenal Granny, Andrew, um, Sam. Hope you're all good. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new and if you're listening via podcast format, then please do leave us a review. Had a couple of really nice reviews left on the podcast the other day, which I was so pleased when I read them. So thank you for that. Uh, you can put shit reviews on as well. If you think the podcast shit, I'm, I'm open to that as well. Uh, Sam with a really interesting comment. He said, Lee Dixon said on a podcast that the club are asking a lot of ex-Arsenal players 
who are in the media to take a look around Colney and see what they are doing behind the scenes. That ties in perfectly with, with what I was just saying there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Wes Bird also makes a great point. He oozes class and I think he has more pull than Arteta at attracting big names to the club. I think that's a really interesting point, Wes Bird, because I always find that when I talk to non-Arsenal supporters about Arsene Wenger, they hold him in much higher esteem than a lot of our fan base does. And so the outside perception of Arsene Wenger is still very strong. It's still very positive. I don't think he's done himself any favours with this whole World Cup every two years thing. But I think in general, the the, the outlook on Wenger and the, the consensus around Wenger is a very positive one. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, let's see. Um, what else we've got? Uh, Fala says, I don't think Wenger would accept the mediocre role. Wenger, in his mind, deserves more than what Harry thinks. But that's my point, Fala. It's You don't have to necessarily give him a role. You don't have to give him a title. What you need to do is show him some love, show him some warmth. And if he comes and visits regularly and he comes to games and he feels like he can do that again, what's stopping you having a conversation with him? What's stopping you having a drink with him as the manager after a game and picking his brains and having a little chat? What stops you if that relationship is uh, strong again or that connection develops between he and Arteta and Edu? What's stopping them picking up the phone and saying, Arsene, got a bit of a pickle here, not really sure how to deal with it. You're a man of great experience. How would you deal with it? And it doesn't, again, you don't have to give him control. You don't have to give him the final say, but being able to tap into that experience and knowledge at any given point, because you have worked on and created that relationship, I think is is it can only be a good thing. That's that's just the way I see it. Um, and actually, that point that you've made is is probably why I'm leaning towards. Although I said I'm I'm undecided on whether he should have an official role or not. A lot of a lot of why I'm undecided as well is because you know, I think that you don't really need to do that. And you know that that's going to cause division amongst the fan base. So if you can get the benefits from Arsene Wenger without doing that, if you can woo him in another way, great, do it. Um, do it. Just want to pick up on a few uh, more things that that Mikel Arteta said. Um, he was asked about Alexander Lacazette's contract situation. Um, he didn't give anything new away on that. Still sticks to his guns about... Uh, the idea of waiting till the end of the season, which sounds a little bit, um, it feels like they're just kind of, um, you know, they're kind of just pushing it to one side and, and kind of trying to keep it, um, you know, keep it. What's the word? Yeah, they, they just don't want to talk about it, to be quite honest. They just they just don't want to discuss contract negotiations that are going on behind the scenes. Um he was asked about Jack Wilshire. Uh, he said he's because a lot of the academy players and young players have been talking up Jack Wilshire on the training pitch and talking about how good he's been. Um, Mikel Arteta said, I think it's a great compliment for Jack that the players that are playing alongside him think that way of him. He's doing really well. He's doing better and better. And we know the qualities that Jack has. So I don't think Jack's coming back. I don't think Jack's coming back as a player. I think people need to drop this. Uh, I've seen lots of debates on social media today about whether or not it would be a good idea to bring Jack Wilshire uh, back on a kind of pay-as-you-play, short-term contract, given the African Cup of Nations is is on the horizon and we're set to lose 
a couple of our midfield players. I don't think that right now Arsenal see that as an option. I don't think they would have seen that as an option at the very beginning because Jack Wilshire had a long way to go in terms of proving his fitness, proving his sharpness, etc., etc. But what I do think is this: um, having him around and help and having him doing what he needs to be doing for his coaching courses and his coaching badges, whilst clearly he is impressing the youngsters and giving them some knowledge and giving them something to take away, only benefits the club. And it benefits Jack Wilshire, who we all love and we all adore. And it just works for everybody. I, I don't know for sure that Arsenal won't sign him um, because, you know, that midfield situation could get desperate. And if he keeps impressing them, why wouldn't you at least consider it? But what I would say is right now, there is no indication that Arsenal are close to making that decision, that Arsenal are close to offering Jack Wilshire some sort of contract. So I think we need to calm down on that and not go crazy about it. There have been some contradictory reports flying around on Twitter in particular, some saying that we're definitely going to sign him, offering him a contract, others saying that there's no intention of doing that. And I think the truth is we don't know what is going on behind the scenes and we don't really know where Arsenal are at on the uh, on the whole situation. The final thing I wanted to discuss uh, from this particular press conference was, of course, his comments with regards to Granite Xhaka. Now, we've been talking a lot about Granite Xhaka's absence in the last couple of days because we know the midfield is, is short. We know the midfield is a concern. So what is the situation uh, with Granite Xhaka? Well, Mikel said, hopefully he'll be back a little bit sooner than expected. He's training and pushing himself and all the staff so hard like he always does. He's in a good place. He's evolving well. And hopefully we can have him a little bit early, uh, a little bit earlier. It's still a bit early to decide. So still throwing caution to the wind, Mikel Arteta, about the timeline upon which Granite Xhaka is expected to return. However, he did say that he is ahead of schedule. And that can only be a good thing because I know he divides opinion. I know some play, uh, some fans are sick of the sight of him, don't want to see him in an Arsenal shirt, etc., etc., etc. But my word, um, we are incredibly short there. And I don't think we, um, you know, we can afford to turn our noses up at a player of Granite Xhaka's experience and last season, especially a player of Granite Xhaka's consistency. So I think that, you know, it can only be seen as a positive that he'll be back sooner than later. I think a lot of how quickly he gets back up to speed would depend on what we do in January. And um, and so we'll have to watch this space. But, you know, is it kind of a, a blessing in disguise if he is a little bit later coming back? Because it means that we'll go out and get a midfielder, maybe. But if we're just going to go and get a stopgap midfielder and someone to plug the hole, then I'd actually probably rather keep Granit Xhaka and look at him and rely on him. So, you know, I think for me now, we've we've done the heavy lifting in the transfer market. We made six, seven signings in the summer. Um, it's been a big turnaround of players. Now it's about adding fewer players, but of a higher calibre and of a higher quality. And I'm not up for making stopgap signings anymore. We've done that with Cedric. We've done that with Pablo Marie. We've done it with Runarsson. We've done it with Willian. Now it's time that we start to uh, uh, bring in further quality. So, yeah, um, you know, fingers crossed he is back sooner rather than later uh, because I think we need him. And, and, you know, that's not a popular opinion, but I know it to be true. We need him. And um, especially when Thomas Partey goes... And of course, Mohamed Elneny is scheduled to go as well. So going to be interesting to see what happens with that midfield situation. But Granit Xhaka ahead of schedule, according to the boss. Right. I'm going to take two or three questions before we wrap up, uh, because I am pushed for time today. 
wasn't planning on doing this podcast, but seen all the debate and all the discussion around the uh, the Wenger comments and felt that there was a need to do one. If you fancy a UEFA Europa League double header and you are listening to this on uh, Thursday afternoon, then you can join me uh, for live radio commentary of both Bayer Leverkusen versus Celtic from 5.45 and Glasgow Rangers versus Sparta Prague from 8 p.m. I'm on a double header tonight. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be tiring, but really, really looking forward to it. If you'd love to join me, um, come and support me. I'll be posting the links to the commentary on my Twitter account, which is at Harry Simi. You can see it on the screen. I'd love to hear from some of you guys. I'd love to hear some of your feedback if you get the opportunity even to listen for five, 10 minutes, because I am still a new commentator. I am still learning. I am still developing. I've got a long way to go before I'll be happy with what I'm doing. But I'd love to hear a bit of feedback along the way, both positive and negative. It all helps. Uh, so, yeah, um, check it out. I'll share the link on my Twitter, as I say. Uh, but, yeah, right. Let's pick up a couple of questions. Let's take this one from uh, Fala, who says, Harry, why don't Arsenal view midfield as a serious issue, given the lack of quality or even depth in that position? I think it's a good point. I think that during the summer transfer window, when people were constantly asking me to almost rate the, um, you know, rate the window, that was a that was a big question I was being asked on a regular basis. Rate this window out of 10, rate this window out of 20, whatever it was. I think for me, it was always difficult for me to give it top marks because I always said and always mentioned that I felt that we'd missed the trick in midfield. I think the decision to keep Granit Xhaka meant that Arsenal were not going to go big in the market. But what you have to say, and, and you have to have sympathy for Mikel Arteta in, is that you couldn't have foreseen Granit Xhaka picking up the injury. And I actually think Xhaka and Partey as a pair are quite good. I think for the most part, they've been solid and they've been functional and they've been effective. I think Xhaka's injury really rocked the boat because that's the player that you expect to be fit and, and available every single week, picking up a freak injury that rules him out for a long period of time. Partey's broken down a couple of times, which hasn't been ideal. We've got Maitland-Niles, we've got Lokonga, we've got Elneny at the club as well. So I think that although maybe we as fans felt that it was still an area that needed addressing, maybe the club looked at those numbers, maybe trusted Lokonga a little bit more than we did, maybe felt that Granit Xhaka would stay fit and that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, um, it, it, it is an issue that needs addressing and it's one that I'd like to see us address in January. However, I'll re-emphasize the point I made before. If Granit Xhaka is fit, available and returns ahead of schedule and it's either bringing a stopgap midfielder that in a year's time we're going to be trying to move on or stick with him, I'll stick with him. If we're going to go and invest and bring in a midfielder that can be part of the makeup of this team for the years to come, then I'm all for it. And, you know, I'd never be against us bringing in another quality player, right? It's just that I feel like we've had a big problem of moving out dead wood. And I'm scared that in the January window, when it is notoriously more difficult to get business done, that we might end up with someone who is just that, a stopgap, a stop plug. And I don't want that. So, um, yeah, it, it, it totally depends on, on Xhaka for me on this. Uh, let's take uh, a couple more questions. Uh, Marvin Clark says, can you be a sensible fan if you love all the players but are not convinced by the manager? Of course you can. Of course you can. I mean, for me, right, a lot of people say to me that I, I spend a lot of time on here telling people how they should support Arsenal. That's not what I do. Um, well, it's not. That's not how I mean it to come across, at least. I just, 
I think that when you're invested in your club, you will defend your club, at least in the public domain, um, you know, more than you would dig into them. You would talk about shortcomings. You would talk about problems. You would talk about um, what needs to change, what needs to improve. But ultimately, you need to have your clubs back. And when I see people on social media making comments like, I hope we get battered tomorrow so that our manager can get the sack. That to me is not an Arsenal supporter. It completely makes a mockery of the term supporter. You know, supporter supports and supports through thick and thin. And I think that if you're not convinced by Mikel Arteta, that's okay. But if you're not convinced and you want him to fail so that he gets binned, then that is wrong. And and I don't want to see that from Arsenal fans. You can absolutely uh, be a sensible fan if you love the players and are not convinced by the manager, Marvin. Um, you know, it's a it's a perfectly reasonable stance to take and I've got no issue with it. Uh, Wes Bird says, if you could lose three players and gain three players, who and what positions and why? This is a deep question. I could probably do a whole podcast on this one, to be honest. Um, if we could lose three players, I'd lose Inketia, um, Chambers, and um, Enketia Chambers and I would have said Elneny, but I don't want to lose him just because we're a bit short at the moment. Um, so I'm going to say, oh, this is a tough one. I don't want to say Cedric because then we're short at right back. The The third one is to, to be confirmed at a later date, but I'd lose um, Enketia and I'd lose Callum Chambers. Bringing players in, um, I think I'd bring in, I think for me, even if we got two midfielders, I'd be pretty happy with that. I think we need a striker as well. I, I like Yusuf and Naziri at Sevilla. Um, a lot of people talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I quite like him as well. I like Vlavic at Fiorentina, although I think the price being talked about for him is a little bit OTT at this moment in time. So let's say uh, Vlavic and I quite like Bruno Guimaraes at Lyon, but I think I'd lean towards Frank Kessie. So, they would, so I'm going to take two out and bring two in. So I'm going to bring in uh, Vlavic for a reasonable amount of money. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring in Vlavic and I will bring in Frank Kessie and I'll take out um, Callum Chambers and Eddie and Ketty. I know that's completely unreasonable and would never happen, uh, but I do need to think about this question, Wes Bird. Maybe we'll do it going into the January transfer window. We'll talk about some more realistic kind of options in the market and in the window. I am going to leave it there because I need to get to work. But thank you all uh, so much for tuning in, as always, for this very impromptu edition of the podcast. Great to have you with us. Don't forget to hit the like button. If you haven't done so already, it really, really does help. I hate asking, but it helps. So please do it. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Um, and of course, uh, if you'd like to go one further by becoming a member, you can do so by clicking in the link or on the link in the description. I'll be back very, very soon tomorrow, in fact, with more Arsenal-related content. We'll be looking ahead in detail to Arsenal's Premier League clash with Newcastle United. Until then, take care of yourselves. All the best. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.